Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not stopping. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> okay, coach, it's crunch time. It's just me, my recorder, and about 5,000 words in a closet. So let's get it. Okie dokie. So, this time it's the gospel. The gospel is the good news that the just and gracious creator of the universe has looked upon hopelessly sinful men and women and sent his son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, to bear his wrath against sin on the cross and to show his power over sin in the resurrection so that everyone who turns from their sin and themselves and trusts in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord will be reconciled to God forever. There are different parts to this message, such as what is called the gospel on the ground, which is the story the pastor says at the end of every sermon. It's the thing that gets you to come up and confess your sins and say you want Jesus in your life. It is the story of regeneration, justification, sanctification, and glorification. It is the means of salvation, and it is the gospel power. It is regeneration through the work of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. It is justification through which we are accepted by God. It is sanctification, which is the process through which God changes us from who we were into God wants us, what God wants us to be. And finally, glorification, which is what Christians achieve when we die, heaven and a new glorified body when Christ returns. The other attribute is called gospel in the air, and it is the story of the Bible. It is the Bible from beginning to end. It is the creation in the fall in Genesis, the fall meaning when Adam and Eve sinned, and then God cast him out of the Garden of Eden, and, you know, sin entered the world, and now we all have sin, and it's you. And Anyway, it is the redemption, which lasts from Genesis all the way to Revelation, and finally the restoration, which is the final rule of Jesus as seen in Revelation 21. So in summary, the gospel on the ground is how we are saved, and the gospel in the air is why we are saved. With this good news, there's different reactions. And first, there's the person who's overly religious and relies on legalism, trying to make God happy by doing all the right things. This is wrong because Jesus, what, what saves us isn't legalism and doing all the right things that would be a work works-based salvation that's not what we believe uh next people can go to irreligion which is where they hear the gospel and decide that they want they're just going to reject god and put their own truth into the world and go out into the world with their own truth which is also wrong obviously um Lastly, they can accept the gospel and understand that since they are accepted perfectly in Jesus, they can obey God. Because Jesus died for me and what I've done wrong, I can have the confidence to follow him. Because if I was not accepted by Jesus, what's the purpose of following his ways? I could sin all I wanted if Jesus didn't die for me because everyone would be going to the same place anyway. There are different types of ways people live out the gospel in their lives. First, and the correct way, is to live in the full view of the cross. By this, I mean you must have a growing awareness of the sinfulness, of your own sinfulness and flesh. And at the same time, you have to have a growing awareness of God's holiness. Through this, you can see how good God is and how sinful you are. This puts you and I in our rightful places in our minds, and it just shows God's love more and more incorrect way to live out the gospel is shrinking the cross to do this one stops reading their bible as much and starts justifying all their sins saying oh it's not that bad or you know someone else has done worse than me they minimize their sins which in turns makes god seem as less in their mind because they can't see their sin clearly they think they're good people just because they do self-salvation projects and try to get salvation through works which is emphatically wrong that is the wrong way to do it
To truly live out the gospel, you have to repent of the sin beneath the sin, which is something we're going to talk about in the sin section. You have to look to Jesus for deliverance from the penalty and power of sin, and you have to confess and receive forgiveness. After that, you have to understand that sin is not a behavior. It is a condition, and repentance has to become a lifestyle. You have to repent and get rid of your idols. Idols are things or thoughts that have overtaken God in our lives. Such things include, like, video games, overly seeking approval, seeking power, etc., etc. To identify your idol, ask yourself, what's your greatest nightmare? What do you worry about the most? What comforts you most? Once you get these answers, then you must displace the idol. Focus on your behavior. Find the sin within the sin. Know why you do what you do and fix it. Don't fix the problem, fix the cause of the problem. As a Christian, you are no longer under the law. Law says keep your room clean so your mom will be happy with you. The gospel says your mom is happy with you, so keep your room clean. When we receive the gospel, externally we are rejoicing, stepping out in faith, and seeking opportunity to love and minister. We do this because of God's grace the greatest renewer in our existence. Because of God's grace, we can do his works, and when God forgives us of our sins, we can forgive others for their wrongs against us, canceling their debt even though we feel we deserve payment. So just like Jesus, we must forgive. Finally, the gospel affects how we deal with conflict. Don't be the attacker and argue about everything. Don't be the withdrawer and avoid contact. Be the perfect middle person through the gospel. Understand and engage. Life is challenging. Empathize. And show God's glory through how you deal with conflict. And boom. See you with the next one, coach.